All right, it's the DT difference. It's 30 years experience in the game. DT systems. E-collars we've been using for a while now, but let's quickly talk about their dummy launchers. They got the Super Pro dummy launcher and the remote dummy launcher. It's a great way for you and your dog to get ready for duck season. Loud bangs, make sure your dog's cool with gunfire before you use it. But I want you to add it to your repertoire, bag of tricks, and get you and your dog ready for duck season. It's the Super Pro Dummy Launcher by DT. Our baby Gunner Kennels. Man, one of the things that I love about Gunner Kennels is they're thinking about our older hunting buddies. Old Buck, he hangs out in a Gunner Kennel when he goes to and fro. And in his, we've got the ortho pad. He's got the old joints. And even if your dog's not old like Buck, you just want a little bit of added protection as you're rolling down the road to keep that dog from bouncing around a little bit. So the ortho pad, super huge. If you got a younger dog that may dig a little bit, maybe chew a little bit, that performance pad is going to be clutch as well. So check it out. It's the full kit brought to you by Gunner Kennels, always innovating our industry and always keeping your dog safe. Sliding the dms if you'd like to learn more about getting you and your dog into a gunner kennel all right our number one asked question is revolving around force fetch whether your dog drops the bumper or duck at the edge of the water or you failed a few hunt tests because the dog monkeys with the birds or won't pick up a bird let me help you help your dog bunch of different breeds bunch of different personalities start to finish teaching you how to do it links in the description What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, or at least one that you listen to on the regular, Lone Ducks, Gun Dog Chronicles. Tonight's episode is with me and Kevin. Hey, sorry that it's Kevin. You know, he shows up every week. It's on me. He shows up every week. I'm trying to get rid of him, but man, his handsome mug just keeps coming back for more. Stubborn. I think. Bro, we are wearing, wearing the, the same, same shirt right now. Same shirt. I just noticed that. I look better in it. <sighs> Shout out Gunner Kennels. Shout out Gunner Kennels. Sending two t-shirts. I bought this one. Wow. Yeah, I know. No big deal. I got this one free, so. Yeah. All right, you win. Yep. Big <laughs> show tonight. Big show. We're going to talk about current hunting season, some good stories. A little Patreon announcement. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's get into the show, buddy. So yep. we're going to give the first sponsor is is us, Lone D, baby. You know what to do. So we got two little ways that you could give back to the Lone D crew. One, you know, Christmas season's coming around. You might do a little wish list on the Lone Duck Outfitters website, a little t-shirt, a little hat, you know, a little this, a little that. Maybe you need a... A little dog for e-collar. Maybe a, I, I don't know. Maybe you just need a little something, something. And you just check out LoneDuckOutfitters.com and uh, help support one of your uh, regular listen-to podcasts. We appreciate that. The second would be, what is it? www.patreon.com dot com forward slash LoneDuckOutfitters. Yes, sir. Patreon. Dot com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. And now we, we are navigating waters. Okay, folks? We're navigating here. 
I don't know how we're going to do this, but basically every tier of our Patreon members are going to be entered into a lottery system between now and July 1st of 2021. And the reason July 20 or July 1st, 2021 is going to be key is we're going to take you on a all expenses paid hunting trip. We don't know where. I got some ideas. I just got to make some phone calls and it'll be announced at a later date. I've got I've got some things in the works, but it is going to be epic. Let's put it that way. If me and Kevin are going to take a duck hunting trip, we're going to make it epic. And we want you to come along. And so one lucky winner from our Patreon community is going to join us. All expense paid. We be, we're going to be shooting at bismuth. We're going to be eating yukanuba. <laughs> we're going to be snacking on it in the blind like it's popcorn, baby. No, we're not doing that. But can if you want. Yeah, we're probably going to crack a couple bush lattes. We'll have a good time. We'll have a good time. We'll have a good time. We still got to figure out where and when. Well, where, it, when we'll, we'll coordinate with whoever wins and try and figure out what. No, what. not where or when. I know no, I have some ideas. It's going to be a guided hunt. We're not just going to bring you up to central New York and shoot a lone duck. We're <laughs> going somewhere bad to the bone where we're shooting mallard ducks cupped up in the decoys, folding them like laundry, baby. All right. We're going to be stacking ducks like cordwood. You see what I'm doing? I'm painting a picture. I am. Yeah. We're going to be shooting. Ducks. I almost don't want to shoot mallards, though. What? If we're gonna do this, let's go to Maine and shoot some sea ducks, like like some eiders or something. Yeah. I don't know. I got an idea on that. We could go down and hang out with Pit Boss. He's the man. Yeah, we'd have a blast with Pit Boss, or we could go out west and do like a Habitat Flats or Colorado. Yeah, yeah, we could figure something out. I got some things in the works with our friends that have been on our podcast and. We want you to join us. So long story short, this is a long-winded Patreon deal. But if you join our Patreon community, no matter what tier you join, you will be entered. We're going to have a second-place winner and a third-place winner, and you're going to get some other cool stuff like a gunner kennel and maybe an e-collar and maybe a bush light. Maybe we'll just package up one bush light for like the 17th-place person. That would be hilarious. That's not a a really funny idea. But long story short, come join us. Sign up on patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. And basically, you become a part of the community. You get a lot of other things like sneak peeks at videos, one-on-ones, whatever the case may be. There's, There's a bunch of other stuff we're doing on Patreon that has to do with training help and stuff. But everybody is going to be entered to win a duck hunt. And basically, I mean, I'm going to enter. I'm going to put my name in the hand so I can go on two duck hunts. Suck it. <laughs> Suck it. I'm going to win this thing. All right. Nah. Next. Yukonuba, baby. The food that fuels the Lone D trailer. We have been rocking the new formula. I'm very pleased with that. Which formula? Because uh, their new formula is broken down into a few different types of like what your dog yeah. eats for fuel. Yeah. Which one do you feed? Uh, thirty twenty, and I still feed the large breed puppy formula to any dog 
that is a puppy up to a year, year and a half, depending on their stature. We talked with Russ Kelly from Yukonuba on a previous Lone Duck episode, and his maybe this was during the one that Kevin accidentally deleted. Yeah, that's on me. Yeah, but he was talking about some dogs at a year old are very physically mature. Even though they're not finished maybe growing, they're physically mature, and they need more from the out because of the output, the athletic output that they're enduring during training that they need more nutrients. And so that's when we have to kind of make a unsci- you know, non-scientific decision basically of like, all right, I'm looking at this, like for instance, Quinn, Quinn is 15 months old and Quinn is now on the adult blend on the bag. It says up to two years, but that doesn't mean Quinn's not physically mature to some degree. And I need her to get more nutrients to put a little bit more weight on and blah, blah, blah. So I switched Quinn over to adult. So she's getting 30-20. You can do it, baby. Next up, Kent, ammunition. All right. You know what's coming. Bismuth. Bismuth. The bismuth. Knocked down a black dog the other day. What? Oh, yeah. All right, well, we'll get into that, but I didn't know Yeah, me and old Slippery Steve Salamone. Yeah, we'll get into it further in the episode because it was a really fun hunt. And uh, our girl, Safe. Must have been busy that day. You were. It was like a Monday. Pretty sure Steve had a Monday off. And um, his job, they got the coronacation. So, like, if someone is sick, whether they even test positive or not, they they all have to quarantine. So really, yeah, he got tested. He's good, but he still had to stay off. Maybe I shouldn't oh. talk about that. I don't know. I hope his boss doesn't listen to the. Probably not. The, nah, probably not. Maybe Dale Hughes does though. Hmm. But he's not his boss anymore. So Dale, don't tell on Steve. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anywho, so Kent, <laughs> Kent, yeah. Anyways, uh, we had one duck come in, and me and Steve and his friend Mike. Shout out to Mike, who definitely didn't hit that duck because he was shooting some steel, old school steel, Mike. What are you, Stone Age Mike? Come on. But uh, no, all kidding aside, Mike was a super nice dude, fun to hunt with. Um, but I gave, I slipped old Slippery Steve some bismuth, and that duck rolled. I mean, talk about folding ducks like laundry. That sucker... Did, collapsed yeah in rut daniels he didn't go 20 baby didn't <laughs> go 20 um so i'm you know i've been shooting heavy metal for a long time and with this recent switch you know i, I may be superstitious but i was nervous because you know i just i know what shoots well well guess what the superstition is over because kent's bismuth rolls them baby rolls them Next up, who do we got, Kevin? Dogtra, the e-collar company. Make every dog exceptional. Now, there are some exceptions to that exceptional. Let me promise you that. But when you and your dog can trust the e-collar that you're using, that when you push that button, the stimulation level is where it should be, when it should be, at the distances they should be at, you can have confidence in giving a correction. One of the biggest things with collar conditioning a dog and using an e-collar is knowing confidently 
that that dog is not getting over stimulation or under stimulation. Let's talk about under stimulation real quick. Let's say, for instance, you push that button and you have it on a two. All right, normal dog working on a two, 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 two. It's all good. And all of a sudden, you hit that button and the dog goes, yeah. That's inconsistency. There's something up with the collar where it just, it's almost like on a fritz. It's not fair. No, no, it's not fair. And I've seen it a ton. And it's, it's just so, so, so infrequent with a dog for product that I stand by it because when I push the button, I know that it's not too low or too high. It's right where I want. It's like Goldilocks, not too hold, not, not too hold. Not, not too hot. I mean, not too hot, not too cold. It's just right. Check them out. Dogtra. You can check them out on our website if you're interested. If you have questions about what model is right for you and your dog, you can shoot us a DM on the old at Lone Duck. Next up, Gunner. You can't even call them Gunner Kennels now because they got so many other cool things. See They're officially Gunner now. They're officially also, Gunner now. Yep. Gunner.com. Baby. Their new food crate. You can't even get one. So all you haters out there that were like, they're Yeah, we had a bunch of people Mah. like all whiny on their Mah. Instagram they're comments. Ex- they're expensive. Yeah, no way. No doubt they're expensive. Because when you build something that's the best and it's made in America and you've crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's to try and provide something exceptional, you can charge more than normal. It'll last forever. Lifetime warranty, made in America, <sighs> durable as all get out. Dogs can't break into them. Did I say waterproof? No, but that's kind of cool. They are waterproof. So if you throw it in the back of your truck and it's, you're hunting and it's wet out or you want to try and bury it in your pool, we might look into that. Yeah. It's just, it is good stuff. And that's what I care about. I want to use, buy, support good stuff i'm tired of buying something seven times because i was too cheap to do it right the first time so that's the worst lesson to learn over and over and over again is just do it right the first time well and you know what back in the day you know first of all definitely not rolling in the dough so i don't mean to sound like a dink but you know if you're willing to spend x and you can save up for two more months and spend y and have and and be done with it do it and then to to just double back on their kennels like you got a dog that dog depends on you to keep them safe whether it's hypothermia in the duck blind and it's you know seven degrees out and you're asking them to retrieve 20 something ducks you need to be smarter to get that dog you know somewhere safe and warm if they're struggling same with going down the road you have no idea who else is driving when you're rolling to the duck blind at 4 a.m. and they get out of the bars and they're trucking home, you know, half banged up or fully banged up. I mean, be smart, be safe, save your pennies, and do what's right for your dog. They also have, as an, as a mini aside, like they, they also have like a financial program where you can pay like X per month and oh, whatever. Yeah. So like it, there really is no excuse. Yeah. Get your dog a gunner kennel. Baby. Next up, trigger grills. Smoke them if you got them. Now, uh, we're going to talk about this in next episode with my buddy Dave. I don't have a nickname for him. 
I'll have to come up with something. But my buddy Dave is coming into town to do a little hunting trip and just get out of the D.C. area and, and hang out with us. And Dave was on the Lone Duck trip like like 10, 11 years ago with Buck, the Lone Duck. Me and Dave were hunting buddies and we worked together and just the greatest dude around. And he's coming back to central New York to hunt with me. And so he'll be on our next episode to kind of talk about all the cool things he's done in his life since we sold copiers together back in the day. And, um, Oh, we're, Oh, uh, trigger girls. That's where I was going with this. Um, be smoking. I bought a pork butt. I bought two racks of ribs. We be eating off that trigger baby. So stay tuned for that. And lastly, Waypoint Outdoor Collective, you know, they keep us in tune with you, you in tune with us. I don't know where we're at in Canada, but shout out to America's Top Hat. You know, we love you, baby. Keep it, keep it frosty up there in Canada this winter, baby. You know it. All right, let's get in the show, man. That was a good intro. That was a long yeah, that was, ass that intro. That was, uh, well, it was fun. So yeah, it wasn't for really all the people intro. who maybe skip forward, take that because yeah, you, you just missed out on some fun. Hold on, I need to take a swig here. I'm thirsty. Uh, so in the intro, you kind of got into a hunt with Steve and dropping a black duck. Yeah. You know, this was one of those hunts where we did, well, I didn't scout, neither did Steve. His buddy Mike, whom I alluded to, shot steel. Good dude. Uh, Mike and Steve worked together, and... We went to state land, uh, a swamp that's probably a half hour from my house. And I didn't know, I've never been there. And I've heard about it, but I've always heard rumor that it just gets shot up. And everybody, you know, kind of easy access and, and whatnot. And we just figured, you know, on a weekday, lower pressure. It was a Monday. Yeah. And Mike had gone, was it a Monday? I don't know. Mike had gone a few days beforehand and saw some birds working um, the swamp. And so we had some intel that there were black ducks and mallards and, and stuff. So we go, we walk in, and we sat out a little spread. We had a little duck butt quivering, and we had a little mojo mojoing, and we had a couple decoys out there. One random pintail decoy. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Why? I don't know, man. Hail Mary? What if? No, nah, I don't know. He Again, I show, I just showed up. I hate to... I'm not ragging. I love busting chops, but, like, I just showed up. I, I brought a gun and some bismuth, and I just came to shoot. I didn't even bring a dog because Steve brought safe. How's and, safe doing? Uh, good. I mean, she only got to do one retreat, but, you know, hey, that's what you get when you name your company Lone Duck. Fair. Sucks to suck. But... So you hit the swamp. And the honestly, the birds were there. Mike was right. It, it just, it probably was stale birds who have had pressure in that swamp, but there were birds there and they were, you know, groups of five, groups of 20. And when you got 20 ducks working and maybe we weren't hidden well enough, maybe, you know, guys on Sunday had been sitting where we were sitting. And so they just, they kind of, you know, I mean, ducks aren't stupid. If they get shot at 17 times in the last 17 days from one little mini peninsula cattail slough area, they're going to be weary to go back and try and land there. 
They also probably saw the pintail and they're like, that guy, he's guy's lost. Yeah, he's lost. This guy's lost. Um, full plume p- pintail <laughs> in central New York. What? Oh. Up in Parish? We weren't in Parish. Good try. Um, undisclosed location. Oh, uh, that's in central right. New Sorry. York. Yeah. Undisclosed so, public swamp. Yeah. So, uh, well, where was I going? So, anyways, the cool part was, you know, one of the exciting things about duck hunting is getting ducks to work. Not sky busting, not pass shooting, but calling to a group of ducks, turning them, working them, having them swing wide and come back and be like, ah, they got to be gone. And then you, you rip the call again and here they come. They're turned, they're cupped, they're checking it out. And then they, they, and so every group it seemed like they wanted to be in that swamp. There were two other groups in the swamp, and it was one guy on a kazoo. He sounded like a, a uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but bad. Not good. Not good. And it and it did, get, you know, we did giggle a bit, you know, a couple grown men giggling. At least he's out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's good, though. That's awesome. But you could tell. I mean, as soon as he'd hit the call, those ducks would go skyward. And um, I would honestly venture to guess that if he didn't call, a little duck hunting tip, if he didn't call and just had a little motion in his decoys, he might have pulled more birds. Probably. Versus being so blatantly... He's giving himself away. Not a duck. Right. Right. Um, It's like putting a pintail in your group. (laughs) Nah, that's not that bad, buddy. But uh, we were getting these ducks to work. And so several times we had ducks that were on that edge of should we, shouldn't we. And we didn't. We really wanted to work them. And, and uh, you know, I think there were times where we thought one more pass and then the pass never came. But there were black ducks and there were mallards and they were working us. And it was so fun to... To see ducks do what we want them to do, even though we didn't get them to finish, you know, getting them to to come back, just not just leave, just they, they'd give us another look and, and work the call and work the birds and enjoy. It was good weather, probably too blue bluebird of a day, but it was neat. So we ended up rolling this one black duck, you know, it, it was just a beautiful, beautiful sight to see. And old safes, you know, she stayed steady and, and did a nice retrieve. It wasn't very difficult of a mark or anything. But, you know, last year she missed a lot of duck season because of her puppies. And I, I don't know. I just, I, I trained safe from start to finish. Put, well, a, she, mas- yeah. put a master title on her. I, I bought her from a lady in Texas. It was the first dog, you know, when I moved back to New York. Um, God, how many years ago was that? six five I don't even remember but I moved back and I I bought her and that dog couldn't pick up a fun bumper and all of a sudden you know with training and persistence and patience she's a marking machine she cruised through t-pattern she started running excellent excellent blinds and then she went home with Steve and sat around and hunted and He'd come out and train with me once a week, and and then he sent her south with me, and we put a senior title on her. And then she sat around some more, <laughs> and uh, I got her back. I would pick her up 
on my way to train and I did it like once or twice a week and all of a sudden it's like, well, let's run a master test and she passed. We're like, what? That's unheard of. Like she just shouldn't be passing these. Like she's just naturally good. Yeah. I, I put so much effort into dogs six days a week and to have a dog come out once or twice a week and then sleep on a couch the rest and just naturally pick up difficult triples and be a team player on blinds and well, she has good pedigree too, right? So she's kind of got it in her little bloodlines. She does. I mean, her pedigree is stacked. Um, but she's just one of those dogs that's special. And special to me because I didn't know Steve before this. And he became one of my best friends because of that dog. And the places he and I, well, and you too. Yeah. You know, we've gone together. We've gone to Long Island and hunted Old Squaw. Um, you know, we've just he, he's a, one of my best friends. So to watch him and his dog who I still consider her mine too, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I do. She's I one of mine. think that way about a lot of the dogs that you train. Like, you know, we go out hunting and uh, with Memphis. I look at Memphis as my dog. She's not. She's yours. But, you know, same with uh, Huey just, or anybody. Yeah, it's just fun for me. Like, I, I know those dogs. Yep. Yeah, I know. I well, know them, I know them intimately. I know what they're going to do before they do it. Yeah. And so to to get a nice stud, it was big. It just was beautiful black duck. I hadn't shot a black duck in over two years. So and and I don't know if I hit it or Steve hit it, but it was one of those we both pulled up. Gave and, him the business. And, yeah, the business with that bismuth. Bish bismuth. That's awesome. Bismuth. So yeah, super super pumped about that hunt. And I really haven't been hunting much, man. I've been deer hunting and we got that, you know, the new property, the new farm. And so I'll get up and air dogs in the morning and go sit till eight 30, which I know deer hunters are going to be like, that's not long enough. Well, I got responsibilities. <laughs> you got a 12 hour work day to do. Yeah. Yeah. I got people's dogs that need to be worked. So I'm, I'm getting out as much as I can or, or I'll get up early and train till three and sit in the woods from three 30 till dark um, which is like five o'clock. So yeah since, yeah, since the time change. Yeah. But, uh, we've had, we had, I had a buck come in and on my property, I don't have any doe tags, so I have to wait for a buck. And I've, uh, I don't know if anybody on the podcast knows, but I've never killed a deer. I've missed two straight up. I, I get buck fever. I get my heart pounding. I can feel it in my throat. My cr- carotid artery in my neck is just boom, 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 boom. That's the fun of it, though. Oh, it's super intense. Is so, that a squirrel rustling over there? Or is that... There is a cluster of red squirrels oh, in, yeah. in, near my deer stand. It's and, not good. Well, no, it's cool. It's just they make so much of a racket, they're like, mm, it can't be a deer. No. And then sure enough, I see this little twig twiggling. <laughs> And I see this snout twiggling it, and I'm like, ooh, that's a deer. And then I see his head move, and I go, ooh, it's a buck. Holy crap. And I, it was snowing. And uh, shame on me. Again, you all can write in and make fun of me. Everybody else does. I don't have lens covers on my scope. Or scope covers. I don't even know what they're called. I shoot ducks. I don't even, I don't know what these things are. But I pull up the gun on this deer that's less than 20 yards away. I mean, it's it was right there. It was right there. And I pull up the gun, 
and I shoulder it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's about to happen. And I'm, I'm, my, I'm telling you, when my heart is in my throat, I cannot tell you enough. And I pull it up, and it's black in my scope. I'm like, what is this? And I'm looking at the gun. I'm like, shoot, covered in snow. I had accidentally, what I imagine happened is I bumped the scope on my, uh, what do you want to call it, like the crotch of my elbow, which was covered in snow, like that thick, wet, big flake, dense, soggy snow. And I must have just like almost scooped a whole pile of snow in it. Because I'm not a total idiot. Like, I knew that I should be weary of snow and moisture getting in my scope. As it's snowing. Yeah, of course. So I had it, like, upside down and, like, kind of safe, snugged up into my chest to prevent snow from getting in it. But then <laughs> To prevent the, all of that happening? Right. And then in the heat of the moment, I must have raised it up and, like, scooped a, a scoop of snow. And so I squeegee it out, and the deer's still right there. And I pull up, and I can't see anything. It's just moisture, wet, smeared scope. I can I, I can make out its body, but I can't make out front end, back end, head, toes, nothing. I can just see brown moving through a bunch of other brown. And I can't ethically shoot at the middle of it. Like, I've already missed enough. Like, I can't just do it. So... I passed. I, I just, I watched him. And while I was watching him, I was trying to fiddle with squeegee, you know, trying to get a dry piece of flannel t-shirt from underneath my, it just was a cluster. And the deer had no idea it was there. I mean, I could have taken another, it just sucked. So I know he's here. I know he has stayed here. I've seen pictures on the camera of him. I mean, he, he's not a big buck, but it's a buck. And it's here and there's a couple scrapes along the tree line. And so I'm really hoping that, you know, between piecemealing your 6 a.m. till 8.30s and your 3s to 5s that, you know, a couple days a week, if I can get out and do it, that he will stumble across my path again and, and I can not miss. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that's the game yeah, plan. I yeah, I mean. I got nothing else to add. That's yeah. the game plan. Yeah. Um, we'll keep everybody in the loop on how that goes, but my plan is to shoot it before you, so. Yeah, Kevin out. Kevin has deer hunted like seven times and killed two bucks. That's that's true before this year. I've hunted a bunch this year. I know, but seriously, before this but before, year. before, yeah. You, you went out on like your first real deer hunt. Yeah, killed, dropped killed an eight-point buck. It was great. It was <laughs> awesome. Son of a gun. I called Bob and was like, why do people say how hard this is? I've been here for like two hours. I didn't even get cold yet. Right. It was great. Killed a buck. Yep. Couldn't believe it. Sent me a picture. I'm like, you son of a gun. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I'm excited to continue deer hunting. The rut is starting here, if not kind of in the middle of it. And uh, we're still learning the property, though. I mean. Yeah, I think I got them figured out, actually. I think I... Where I've seen deer move coming and going, doe coming and going, and where they're feeding in my field, I have an idea of the bedding area, and I have an idea of 
their thought process, if you will, or pattern. I mean, I don't probably have a real thought process, but a they pattern. probably do, but they're pat. Yeah, I think you're right. Like where they're moving, what the pinch points are as they're going from one spot to another. And right. And all the deer stands that were on this property before I got here are nowhere near there. <laughs> Not even close. I don't know what this dude was like a 300 yard, you know, rifle shot or something, but I'm not maybe, but that it, yeah, it was just silly. So we, we moved some deer stands to be more strategic and hopefully, like I said, I shoot or shoot baby. And I got to put time in the woods and I got to put time in the dogs and I got to put time into duck hunting. And it's a process to try and balance the life and the fun and, and all that and try and get me a deers. So, and then we got my buddy Dave coming, Dave, Dave, Dave's story, and, and we can get into it on the next episode, so stay tuned for that. But Dave is a, what do you want to call it? He, a salesman turned uh, Army, went into the Army, and did maybe six years in the Army? It was something like It was a good Six to eight years chunk. in the Army. I can't remember exactly. And he traveled to Guam, Korea. He went over to the Hot Zone. For one tour, I believe, but he can touch on that in our episode. And lived he, in Hawaii, didn't he? Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yep, lived in Hawaii. Um, a dog guy. He had a, a recently deceased golden retriever named Kiva that grew up with Buck. We got him roughly the same time. He she might have been six months older than Buck, and uh, you know, great dog. Didn't hunt with her. Just phenomenal family dog. Friend to everybody. And he loves, loves watching the dogs work. He came and hunted in South Carolina with me one time. He's just always down to go on a hunt. Turkey hunted with me, deer hunted with me. So I'm excited to get him in town and just drink some bush lights, eat smoked meat, and sit in the woods. And, and hopefully he, myself, or Kevin can get us a deer's and have some fun. So the next with our luck, he's he's gonna nah. he's gonna come in and sit for shoot about fifteen minutes and shoot, it, which would be awesome. That would be cool. Why yeah, not? Uh, selfishly, I would like to kill it and have him be here well, for yeah. it. But now I want him to have a great time. I'm excited to see him and and have him on the show so that everybody can get to know him and meet the guy. I mean, he and I would sit. I used to live in this place called Tip Hill. It's the Irish section of Syracuse after college. And uh, Dave would come over, and we were supposed to be working, being salesmen, and we weren't. And Dave and I would sit on on the couch and talk about ideas for the company and and what it would be called and how I would travel all over the country selling my gear. And he's been a big supporter of Chasing the Dream. And so it'll be neat to hear his perspective of, of everything and remembering what it was like to sit on the shoreline and watch Buck get the first lone duck. And hunt. we ought to have him tell that story from his perspective because you've told the story on the podcast. I know exactly it. what he's going to say. He's going to say he killed it. 100%. He, Guaranteed. Yeah, All right, so he's not going to listen to this between now and when he's on the show, and I will bet everybody 100 bucks. So that's like a lot of money. Bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money to all of you. <laughs> but I guarantee you, he will say he shot that duck. And I will tell you that we had no idea who shot that duck. And we just took it to the plug on both our guns and <laughs> nicked this Drake Wood duck. And it went down. It was straight luck. 
Because I've hunted with Dave since, and that sucker can't shoot stuff. See how I did that? I saved the swear word. Now we can be rated clean on the episode. We're good. We're good. No E. No explicit. But anyways, um, guys, I appreciate you all tuning into this episode. It was a fun one. It's a quick one. But next episode with Dave is one that I would really appreciate you all to tune in and comment on and show him some support. We're going to have a great time. Do me a solid. Click subscribe. Do me a solid. Join our Patreon and come and duck hunt with Kevin and I next year. Get yourself a Lone D hat. Let me know how I can help you. You know, we're answering questions like crazy on the old Instagrams. And I do the best I can to help everybody. So stay tuned. Tune in. Share it with your hunting buddies. And until the next episode, stay frosty, I guess. Don't let frost get in your deer scope. Hey, patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. It's a community that we built to help you and your dog on your journey to next duck season. There's videos that don't hit YouTube. There's happy hours where we drink a couple beers and I answer your questions every other week. And by the way, if you join between now and September 1st, you're entered to win a hunt with me and Kevin and other Patreon members. So jump in, let's go, join the community. We appreciate it and we'll see you there. Hey listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Bird Shop Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Bird Shop Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation, to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Bird Shop Podcast today. Thank you.